So the, um, what we're thinking about today is finding comfort in a world of tears. And I suppose what gave me the idea for this topic, for this talk, is that a few weeks ago I was listening to a talk in church and the man who was talking started by saying, when you talk to a group of people, you've always got to remember that everyone has a reason for tears. And I thought that was actually remarkably sensitive of a man to say that. But I thought that is so true, isn't it? Everyone has a reason for tears. And actually just that evening as I'd come into church, I was thinking my dad, who died almost exactly two years previously, during COVID times, and he got admitted to a care home in the last few days of his life. And I never saw him again because I wasn't allowed to visit because of COVID. And that was so painful. And I expect some of you went through similar sort of um, situations then. And also, I'd had a text message from a young man who was a friend of my son, who had been very much part of our family. His wife was six months pregnant, and he texted me to say they were in the maternity hospital. They couldn't find a heartbeat. And it was just such an upsetting thing. And I thought, that is so true, isn't it? Everyone has a reason for tears. There was a band called R.E.M., who my son really liked, so I've got kind of to listen to a lot of their music over the years. And they had a song in 1992, which was called Everybody Hurts. I don't know if any of you know that. Everybody hurts, everybody cries sometimes. I listened to that again. I thought, it's so true, isn't it? <clears throat> and for each of you, you will have your own reason for tears. I'm sure for all of you, there will have been times of tears. It might be a broken relationship. It might be singleness or loneliness or bereavement. It might be a health problem that's with you and won't go away. It might be <clears throat> childlessness. It might be that you've got children and they're causing you a lot of pain in one way or another. <clears throat> so everyone has a reason for tears. So the question is, why is the world like this? Why is there so much suffering? Why are there so many tears? And you know, God didn't make a world like this. He made a beautiful and a perfect world with perfect relationships. But all of us, right from the beginning, have turned away from God, our maker, and we've done our own thing. And that has consequences in our lives as individuals and also in our world. It's like the world's had a huge spanner thrown in the works and nothing works properly. So we are broken people. We live in a broken world with broken relationships. It's a world of tears. Everyone has a reason for tears. And I don't know about you, but I think the last few years have brought extra layers of suffering, the whole COVID situation, and since then, as we're still not really over all the impact of that. And at the very time that we most needed friends and family, we weren't allowed to see them. And that for me was the hardest, the most painful thing of the COVID period. And the patients I saw, there were single mums living in high-rise flats, Schools closed, parks, playgrounds closed, struggling to cope. There were old people, like my dad, dying alone. There were people abandoned in care homes, visits not allowed. There were grandparents not allowed to see their grandchildren. That was us, for several months at a time. Incredibly painful, just when they needed our help more than ever. There were single adults living alone. They weren't allowed to socialise, they weren't allowed to date. That was my youngest son and my heart broke for him often. There were mental health issues with no help or support anywhere. There were people, lots of people, old people and small children particularly, who were afraid, too afraid to go out. And I still see that, some of my older patients are still scared to go out. 
and little ones. Again, my young, one of my young grandchildren, he was three at the time, and he didn't know what he had to be scared of, but he knew there was something. Everyone masked around him, not allowed to come near me, not allowed to come near other people. It was a really painful time. I know some people enjoyed lockdown being at home, and for some people it worked well, but for many people it was terribly painful. And as a doctor it was so hard, we couldn't get um, treatments for people, we couldn't get appointments, cancer patients had their treatments cancelled, and many people are still traumatised by that experience. I don't know how it impacted you, but I'm sure for some of you it will have been really hard. And now of course we've got the economic crisis, we've got war in Europe, and things continue to be difficult, don't they? Perhaps in different ways. And as a GP, I say my heart broke for patients. Telephone consultations, which we were made to do for the first two or three months, were awful. You couldn't smile at people, you couldn't touch them, you couldn't comfort them. And even now, it's hard for people to get medical help. So what do we do with our tears? In that song by the band R.E.M., the, the uh, answer was, find comfort in your friends and hang on. Well, it's not bad advice, is it, because your friends can help you, although I say we weren't really allowed to have that in the COVID years, but it's so limited. So I'd say, well, is that it? Is that enough? Now, I watched the video of that song on YouTube, and interestingly, as I was watching it, they're flashing up pictures and phrases, not necessarily the lyrics, but other phrases. And one of the phrases that flashed up was, lead me to the rock which is higher than I. And I thought, that is really interesting, because they're not a Christian band, but that's a sentence from the Bible. And it gave a surprising hint of where we need to go for help. Lead me to the rock, that's God, which is higher than I. There's another sentence from the Bible that I love, and you've got it printed on your card. And that says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. One that's a particular favourite of mine is God has our tears in his bottle. God has our tears in his bottle. That's not sadistic, where God's looking at his bottle and thinking, oh good, this is filling up nicely, more and more tears, how wonderful. It's more anguished, it's compassionate. God knows and cares about every one of our tears. Everyone matters to him, not one falls unnoticed. The Christian God isn't remote and distant, but he's present and he's caring. And that's really important, isn't it, to us? There's a verse in the Old Testament, part of the Bible, the first section of the Bible, written hundreds of years before Jesus came, and it says this, He, that's God, tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. It's a picture, isn't it, of God who's really compassionate, who holds us in his arms, who really cares. And this is a God who, in the person of Jesus, actually came to live in this world of pain and tears, in a human body, and experienced intense suffering, loneliness, poverty, rejection. He was betrayed by his closest friends, we'll remember that at Easter time. He had a mockery of a trial and then an excruciating death at the age of 33. Jesus was called a man of sorrows, familiar with grief. So we don't have a God who doesn't know what suffering is like. He has suffered. Everybody cries, so what do we do with our tears? Well, we take them to the God who understands, who loves us, who cares. And what can he do about our tears? A little while ago, I was walking behind a man with his little daughter. She was probably about three. And as small children often do, she ran on ahead. She tripped over and fell, grazed her knee, burst into tears. 
And then, of course, she ran back to her dad, who stooped down, who hugged her, and then got out his hanky and wiped her tears. Hugs, hands, comfort, touch, they're so important, aren't they? And that, I say, was what was so awful to me in COVID, trying to do phone consultations. You couldn't do any of those things, people. And you will know if you had friends who were going through it. It's so hard to comfort people, isn't it, if you can't actually be with them and touch them. And, you know, the Bible talks a lot about God's hands as it explains how God comforts us in our tears. So it tells us his hands were pierced for me. All of us carry a sense of guilt and failure for the things we've said and done and thought that have hurt others, things that have been wrong. And the Bible tells us that God actually cares too much for us to ignore this and pretend it doesn't matter. He cares about injustice and wrong. He cares if I hurt you or if you hurt me. And I'm glad he does. I'm glad he's not indifferent to that. And you know, when Jesus died by being nailed to a cross, it wasn't a mistake, it wasn't an early end to a good life, it was the whole reason he came. The Bible tells us Christ Jesus came into the world to rescue sinners, that's us. So Jesus came on a rescue mission for us. Jesus, the only perfect person ever, was dying in our place. He was taking God's judgment on that sin that we've committed, the the judgment that we deserved, I'm just going to read you some more words from that book, Isaiah, which were written all those hundreds of years before Jesus came, predicting how he would die and why he would die. And it says this, he, that's Jesus, was pierced for our wrongdoings. He was crushed for our sin. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us have turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the sin of us all. Jesus' death paid for our sins so we don't have to pay for them. We can be free and we can be forgiven. Just try and illustrate that for you. Um, Some time ago a friend came to visit me, my friend came for coffee and she parked on the yellow line outside my house, which most of the day is fine, but between two and three there's a parking ban. And I just wasn't really thinking so when we'd finished having coffee and she went out, there was a parking ticket on her windscreen. And I knew she couldn't afford to pay that. And it was my fault for not telling her. So I took the parking ticket and I paid it for her. So she didn't have to. Only had to be paid once. I paid it. She didn't have to. That's what Jesus did for us. He paid. We don't have to. So all our tears of guilt and shame and regret can be dried And that's a wonderful message to be able to share with people. A man came to see me one day in the surgery and he sat down and he said, I feel so guilty. I said, well, what's the matter? And he said, "Um, while my wife was away, I had a one night stand with somebody and now I can't forgive myself. I feel so bad about it. And, you know, I don't know, I'm the only Christian doctor in the practice, and I think if you've seen one of the others, what they're going to say, well, take this pill to make you feel less guilty, or perhaps have some counselling. It just doesn't cut it, does it? But I got out my Bible, I read him a sentence in the Bible which says, if we confess our sins, God will forgive our sins and make us completely clean. And that I said to him, that's the only answer for guilt. You need to come to God, and you need to tell him you're sorry, and he will forgive you. And then you're going to need to go to your wife and tell her you're sorry and ask for her forgiveness. And that's the wonderful thing, that you can be forgiven. Your past can be wiped clean, whatever you've done. So all those tears can be wiped away. 
Jesus' last words on the cross were, it is finished. Not I'm finished, it's, you know, I'm done for. It's, it's finished. My work of paying for sin is complete. It's a great swap. He takes our sin and we get forgiveness in his right relationship with God. He's dealt with our past. So his hands were pierced for me, but his hands will one day wipe away all tears. For those of us who've accepted that gift of forgiveness that Jesus offers, he promises this will last forever, beyond death, into resurrection life with perfect new bodies which can't get sick or old or die, living forever in his perfect new world. And that's a wonderful thing to look forward to. There will be nothing in that new world to make us cry. So a verse um, I think you've got on the other side of your card, from the last book of the Bible, Revelation says, He, that's God, will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. Can you imagine that? No more tears, no disease, no death, no separation, no suffering, no pain. Restored to the beauty and perfection and joy we were made for. That's really something to look forward to, isn't it? So his hands will one day wipe away all tears. It's a lovely and compassionate picture, isn't it? Like a father wiping his small child's tears away. God does it himself. He doesn't just give us a hanky. He does it himself. And lastly, God holds us in his hands. Because if we're trusting Jesus and his death for us, we know our past is forgiven, our future is secure, but we still have to live in a world of tears, don't we? And pain still hurts. So God promises to walk with us through this painful life, whether it's long or short, and hold our hand. He holds on to us, even when we feel we can no longer hold on to him. As this was, came home to me sort of vividly about three or four weeks ago, when I was walking with my littlest grandchild, who's three, along a very icy road. Do you remember we had all that snow and ice? And I said to him, hold on course he didn't hold on very well but I had a tight hold of him and sure it was enough it was only a few seconds before he was trying with his with his wellies to walk in the icy puddles and he slipped and I had hold of him he didn't fall and not very much further he slips again but I've got hold of him and he doesn't fall and I thought at the time this is like God holds me I'm not holding very tightly to him often but he's got firm hold of me and he actually says this in the Bible I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. And another verse says, I will never leave you or forsake you. King David years ago wrote, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. And you know, we sang that psalm that I've just quoted at my dad's funeral. And it was a comfort to me to be reminded that though he had died in a care home without me, he had not died alone because he was a believer in Jesus. And Jesus had been with him as he died, holding his hand through that darkest valley and taking him through it into the joy of eternity. So we're never alone if we trust in Jesus. So just to sum up then, everybody hurts, everybody has a reason for tears. So I'd say to you, take your tears to the God who cares, who loves you deeply and has suffered. Take your tears of guilt and shame and regret to the one whose hands were pierced for you. He'll forgive you, he'll wipe out all your guilt. Take your tears of disappointment and pain to the one who's guaranteed you a future free of all suffering, of perfect joy and fulfilment, the one who will wipe all your tears away. 
and take your tears of fear and anxiety to the one who holds you in his hands and will never let you go, the one who will walk with you through every day of your life. Everybody cries, but Jesus would say to you, don't cry. I don't tend to say that to people much, don't cry, because we feel people need to let it out, don't they? Only Jesus can really say, don't cry, because only he can really dry our tears. So the question for each of us is, will we take our tears to him? Well, thank you so much, Fiona, for all that you've shared with us. Really wonderful. Um, and uh, we um, will have a chance in a minute to have a bit more tea and cake and Fiona is staying so if anybody wants to ask Fiona anything I'm sure that you'd be really happy to do that um, before we have a bit more tea and cake we'd love you to do one thing which is to fill out this feedback form that you've got um, and uh, the reason particularly for that is partly we'd love to know what you thought of the event how we could make an event like this better in the future but it also gives a chance to say, what should I do if I would like to take a step in finding out a bit more about the God who cares? Um, and that's what the two tick boxes at the bottom are for. The first one says, I'd like to be invited to similar future events. So we have things like this. Um, at Easter, there will be Easter services and things that we can let you know about. So if you want to tick that box. But I would say the number one best thing you can do if you're thinking I would like to to, to to find out a little bit more for myself is to tick the box that says I'd like to try a Christian Foundations course, which means reading the Bible with another woman who can help me understand it. And that, what that means is um, maybe for sort of 45 minutes, an hour, something like that, meeting up with a Christian woman either at your house or their house or maybe in a cafe reading a bit of the Bible together and having a chance to talk about what it means and ask questions. Um, I've done that myself, I really recommend it. Um, and uh, because it's a maybe a slightly unusual idea, or you might not have thought of it before, I'd love Tini, would you mind just coming up, Tini, just to tell us about what it was like when you did it. Um, so, Tini, just tell us what actually happened. How, how did it work for you? Um, <clears throat> well, it was similar to this. I, I got, well... I think I attended, actually I attended church and there was a card on one of the pews and one of the questions was, would you like to try um, learn more about the Bible and try a Christian Foundations course, which I ticked. And um, a few days later, one of the women from church called me and we arranged a suitable time really for me. I had a young baby at the time and um, sometimes would meet in my pla at my place or would meet at her place. Um, anywhere that was convenient for me because of the baby. When you have a baby, you need to be very <laughs> flexible. Um, so yeah, we met up for 30 minutes to 30 to 45 minutes, really, just reading the Bible and getting to know more about the Bible. And why would you recommend it if someone's thinking, should I tick the box? Why would you recommend it? Um, well, at the time, I had a few questions, um, and reading the Bible with someone that helped me to clarify and realized you know, some things that I had, um, that I had uh, been thinking about. And also, just if you really just want to find out about God and find out you know, what else is out there, and God is out there, um, then I would recommend it because it's, the Bible is the only place you can find out really what, you know, who God is and what he's all about. Thank you, Tini, so much. Well, we're going to have two minutes now just to fill out that feedback form. 
Um, and then I'll call us back together to have a bit more tea and cake. So I'll give you two minutes just to do that now. <laughs> 